Hello, everyone, and welcome to Failed Architecture Breeze Blocks, where our editors share their thoughts on works in progress, urgent matters, and current happenings in architecture and spatial politics. My name is Kristen Hu, and I'm currently an editor on Failed Architecture's New York City team. Today, we're delving into FA's Stories on Earth exhibition at the Venice Architecture Biennale with fellow architect, designer, and organizer at FA, Amna Salati, and FA editor, artist, and writer, Bassam Saad, on their collaborative contribution, The Great Reanimation. So, hey, Bassam. Hey. Hey. Hey, Amna. Hi, Kristen. It's great to, you know, see both of you here, and thanks for coming on to talk to us about your exhibition. I was just wondering if you could maybe, like, share a little bit about what The Great Reanimation is and, like, kind of, you know, lead us into the conversation. Yes, I can start, maybe. Um... Yes, please. I began with the origins of the Natural History Museum or the Natural Science Museum and how this typology and space that we know today started as private collections that were mostly acquired through travels, specifically through colonial projects, which is where the explorer or the scientist travels to one of these colonies and brings back home exotic and rare specimens and builds a collection. And they were all called cabinets of curiosities. So I started looking into the word curiosity and how it implies this innocent intention, right? Or a motive to learn and acquire knowledge. But this seemingly innocent motive led to acts of collection, extraction, and exploitation that were anything but innocent. So though the natural history museums are equated with history of knowledge and scientific knowledge, many of their collections were originally forms of entertainment and ways to uphold a high social status within society. So some of these collectibles were real, but some were fictional, some were mythical, artificial, or non-accurate. Some were reconstructions of different parts of creatures to create these fantastical uh, creatures. So the fact that these collections consisted of both the fictional and real specimens is evidence that their purpose was not to purely provide scientific knowledge but to conjure shock and fascination and claim ownership of rare collections. So that's when I began looking through these collectibles that are mythical, fictional, or fabricated. And that's when I arrived at these also uh, chimeras and mythical animals that are used in the video. And there are many pieces of literature, such as fables that use animals, birds, and even plants as the main characters of a story. But the narratives usually um, refers back to human characters. Uh, usually they even refer back to human issues. Uh, mostly they discuss relationships between the people and the king, issues around power or stories around injustice. So issues that might not be able to be discussed otherwise in public without punitive consequences. So it was for them writing these stories with the animals as the central characters were ways to discuss injustice or imagine alternative futures. I mean, that's incredible. I mean, I don't know, uh, Bassam, do you want to add something? Um, sure, I could talk a bit about the, the short story that I wrote. I mean, uh, we can, yeah, we can delve into the, into the story. I mean, I just also want to comment, like, you know, as a kid, when you when you also go to like the Natural History Museum, it's also made like all this like kid friendly, you know, and it's like this. I really like how the you're kind of going into a critical dive into like this idea of like curiosity or like the scientific knowledge. So I just want to like commend you on that criticality. But yeah, we can hop right into the the story a bit. 
Yeah, so when we first took on the project, I sort of followed the lead. I followed Amene's lead in the research and she did, she compiled a lot of great research into the cabinets of curiosities, as she mentioned, and we looked into a lot of the creatures that were exhibited, but the ones that were also assembled specifically for the for the cabinets and for the collections and by by that i mean like the chimeras that were combinations of different animals combined into one sort of hybrid creature and so we were really inspired by that and then i started thinking like i wanted to sort of write a story that was kind of humorous and i currently live in berlin and there's been a lot of debate and activism in the recent um, few years around the Humboldt Forum, which is not the Natural History Museum. In fact, in the story, there are these two museums, kind of they're both brought into the, the fiction, but the Natural History Museum is the site of the story, whereas the beginning of the narrative, like it starts on the eve of the opening of the Humboldt Forum. And the Humboldt Forum in Berlin is this newly reconstructed Berlin Palace, which was um, originally built in the, well, it started being built in the 15th century and then was demolished in the 20th century and rebuilt in, in the last 10 years. So the Germans decided to rebuild this. It's a, it's a Baroque imperial endeavor and they decided to rebuild it in in the exact same way and for it to house the ethnological museums and the museum of asian art and there's been a lot of activism in the recent years by like decolonial activists kind of questioning the motives behind rebuilding uh, such an edifice from a from like an imperial past and I decided that I sort of wanted to loop that into the um, the Natural History Museum. And we kind of decided on making the story about a group of animals from the Natural History Museum who, who have suddenly come back to life. Some of them were never, in fact, alive, <laughs> but are just creations by the, by the taxidermists. And they've come back the, to the chimeras. Yes, the chimeras. And so they've come back to life and they've decided to they have a list of demands and they're very serious about it. And it's told the story is told from the standpoint of a character named Helga Kopp, who is a delegate from the Green Party, from the Berlin Green Party. And she's tasked with trying to like draft the informal list of demands that the animals are putting forth and she has a very difficult time doing that Mm. yeah i mean (laughs) i i also was like reading that like helga this seems like that one person that is always tasked with like basically everything when (laughs) activists demand certain change legitimate change it's like all right uh let's just send this one person to coordinate everything or like create this committee um yeah yeah, yeah, which for me, which for me sums up uh, Green Party politics <laughs> all over Europe. I mean, she has like a domesticating impulse. Like she thinks she's going to, she she doesn't want to do it, and she her her politics are very narrow minded in a way. So she's just she finds the whole thing bizarre, and she doesn't really want to do it. And then it really doesn't go well <laughs> in the end for mm. her. <laughs> for yeah, anyone. I mean, especially also like as I think being just this one person as a delegate, you know? It's also, I think, very 
indicative of a lot of the way like people in power try to try to kill basically movements right because it's like oh we we have this one committee or we have this one person that's gonna like handle everything and i think that you know in watching the video it's really like successful to kind of critique on that in thinking about the demands too like the specific demands of the animates there's definitely a relation to like current events and i was wondering if you could like maybe articulate some of those ideas and like how the animates demands might relate to ongoing demands from uh or by uh colonized and oppressed communities i mean for sure like in writing them i was maybe like generating something from discourses that we hear in uh ongoing movements but i also want i didn't necessarily want to like make them into an allegory for current movements they're their own thing and they um in a way they're aware of their own shortcomings they refuse in a way to be seen as some kind of united front they're like we're these very different animals we've been thrown into this because of the zoological natural history museum format and we're not really trying to articulate something together really like we just have these demands and we're going to make them and we want them now in a way they're not being rational or anything they're just like leaning into their irrationality in a way or like kind of they don't know how to use human money but they want it anyway they're not really sure of what their end game is but they're just suddenly thrust into this uh, they've been suddenly like brought back to life and they they feel like they need to demand something there's a part that interestingly enough like more on like german party politics like there's a part i think i think it didn't make it into the final cut of the piece but this is like an interesting tidbit like one of the famous taxidermists in germany is called gerhard schroeder and that's also the name of a politician who's in the christian democratic union one of the main parties the party of angela merkel <laughs> and also the party um the social democratic party and so there's in in the narrative there's this bit where all the gerhard schroders are talked about together and it, it's almost my friend said something really funny it's almost like a zoological study of the gerhard schroders <laughs> from german history um but uh, but yeah like what becomes apparent is that uh Helga is un- is not able to draw together a, a coherent list of demands from all of these creatures. I'm just thinking of I know it's not like a direct correlation and uh, not meant to be necessarily but different I mean there's all different people and they all have different demands and they're all like to a certain extent very legitimate but also like very local and specific and you can't just treat it as like a monolith and just because of the volume of news and the way that social media works now there's just a lot of like incoming news and information about things that are happening around the world and and people are trying to draw connections it's like oh well this is just like that which is just like you know that but in the reality it's like very specific and contextual you know like to that to that point and i don't know like i think i'm not you you're you're talking about um your kind of specific role um in the kind of creation of this of this video and I don't know maybe you can like speak a little bit more to that yeah uh, well what I try to do with the film is also combine the humor that Bassam was describing by using these collages uh, of the chimeras in such a let's say flat way and position them within these spaces surrounding the museums in a very like banal way as if it is the most normal thing for them to be there but also at the same time 
Is it normal? Is it introduce the eeriness through these glitches, through these transitions between each scenes, and also allow for the erraticness of what Helga must have been feeling also within the story of the film, let's say, or the narrative that we was we were trying to show. So both from the perspective, let's say, of the animals, but also from the perspective of Helga. I feel like it's a really careful and like intentional framing that's really key um i think you know i guess like one other interesting thing that might be of note to to our listeners is you know we're living in a global pandemic and you know we're editors like all over really um how was the research and production process like how was the working process in developing this project like how'd that go Uh, we both worked like we both live in different cities different countries so And even with the curators, each one of us lives in a different place. So obviously, like almost everyone else, we worked online and we uh, set up meetings where we discussed where, um, yeah, each of us, uh, what we've been doing and where we've arrived and how we could bring these to, let's say, the perspective of the writer or the process of the writing with the process of the designing the film. And we quite had a smooth process because we immediately, like what I was looking into, immediately clicked with what Bassem was interested in. And yeah, I think, I don't know, I can't speak for Bassem, but it felt very smooth and, and it, yeah, it, yeah. It, for sure. Do you want to add more, Bassem? Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. It was really like, I feel like when I'm collaborating, I kind of just, decide that whatever inputs I'm given, I'm going to work with them. And so even when like you were doing the research on different animals, chromatic visions, that was also really interesting. And I, that, I think that's, that was kind of our basis for thinking of the video effects and for thinking of a lot of the false coloring and like the synthetic chromatic like shifts in the video. And I also worked that into the narrative. And that also allowed me to think of Helga's subjectivity. Like in the end, she starts, I mean, spoiler, uh, she starts hallucinating by the end. <laughs> um, and that sort of works with her hearing the animals talking about the differences in their vision. And that's also the same thing that is why we decided to use those uh, uh, far out bizarre colors. So yeah, like I think the randomness of or not the randomness but just having like two people work have very different interests working on the same thing like that leads to a lot of like spontaneity and like different um like there were i did i of course i didn't have everything planned when i started writing the story but then like with Amena's research it, it really helped to take it elsewhere yeah that's a really good point basim because i completely forgot about the colors i feel like i saw the video so many times Uh, that, yeah, I just, the, the false coloration didn't seem like strange to me anymore. At some point, I guess, yeah, it felt normal. So I forgot to also include that. So thank you, Basim, for mentioning it. And I just want to say, yeah, I think, I think what I also noticed about our processes that it wasn't very separate in terms of the, write, the writer doing the writing and the designer doing the designing, but it was very collaborative in terms of that We discussed everything together and especially when it comes to the design, I had a lot of Bassem's input and it was like I seeked his input because I thought it was very important and we made most of the decisions together about the design. And Oh yeah, it was like, I think, yeah, we really like, it was very helpful 
to work together in that. And like, I, I, I like what felt very comfortable writing it because we had thought about it together so much. Like I was just, it felt like I was just putting to words what we had decided on together and like what we had um, planned together. So yeah, I'm also um, really grateful for, for Anine and like just how it all came together. It was really great. Likewise. Awesome. That is so awesome to hear that like these kind of collaborations can be so smooth over digital <laughs> connections as I feel like, you know, that's been that's been a, uh, in conversation a lot like over the past year with the pandemic and everything. And of course, FA also when we expanded <laughs> to include everybody here, it was also on the virtual <laughs> right when the pandemic started as well. So but that's that's awesome to hear about your your process and how it was so formative and also very smooth, despite like, you know, coming from different backgrounds, from different places around the world. Uh, yeah, so hopefully this encourages designers or writers or whoever, artists, to, to really seek out more partnerships and work together, right? All right, well, I mean, do you have any, like, you know, final comments and reflections that you maybe wanted to share uh, with folks? I don't think so. I encourage um, everyone to watch the series. Like, there's two other great videos also in the um, in the series curated by Kiara and Daphne. And, yeah. Yeah, make sure you check it out. Uh, the exhibition will be going on in uh, September, right? And, yeah. Uh, we'll see you all next time. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you both. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you.